so Rona, she's one of my really good friends, and so it's always really exciting to come check out her ministry. I've been coming here ever since SNU started, and so I feel like when I come here, I actually am watching some of you guys grow up in your spiritual faith. I remember when I first got here, Gina was first saved. She was a new believer, and now she's one of the leaders here. And so it's really cool to come here. Uh, why don't you guys open up your Bibles to Judges uh, 16, and then just keep it open there. Uh, we're going to be looking at the story of Samson in a little bit. But today, I want to talk to you guys about possessing and protecting joy. Possessing and protecting joy. The title of the message is Possess and Protect Joy. Now, to share a little bit about myself, I'm kind of a possessive person. Can I just be really uh, vulnerable with you here? I'm, I'm a little bit possessive, and I'm also a little bit protective. Now, I learned that I was possessive at a very young age. Kindergarten. You know how everyone has that best friend? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You do everything together. There's a break. You guys go to recess. That's a, that's break if you guys aren't familiar with that. Um, when you eat lunch, you have to share your lunch because we're best friends. You know, you have that, that necklace where I have half the heart and she has the other half. Everything has to be matching. Best friends. But then a new kid comes into school. And that new kid, everyone wants to be friends with. You, you guys know what I'm talking about? And, and my best friend, Sarah, she was like this little white girl named Sarah. Uh, she goes and starts becoming friends with this new kid. And I'm like, oh, he's stealing my best friend. See, from that point on, I knew I was a little bit possessive. Man, when my sister started dating... Boy, you trying to take my sister too, you know? Um, now, this probably comes from being a middle child. There's something about being sandwiched in, sandwiched? That's a word, right? Sandwiched in between two siblings that makes you very protective over your things. Okay, I'm very protective over my food, my space. Why? Because if I let loose, I'm not very good at sharing too. You, you'll learn that later. You'll learn that later. Okay, I'm possessive. I'm also protective. I'm very protective. I'm an introvert. Some of you may be surprised. I'm an extreme introvert, actually. And so I'm very protective over my time. Emily, hey, you want to chill? What time? To what time? Why? Because if I give them my whole day, I'm going to be so exhausted. Why introverts, they get their energy from being alone. Or with, you know, certain people that give me energy. But it's very few. Now, I'm very protective over those I love. My siblings. My good friends. Those whom I shepherd. I'm very protective. If you've ever been discipled by me, you know how protective I am. A guy will walk by and look at my girl and I'm like, hey, what you looking at? <laughs> I'm very, very protective. If I feel like people are uh, misunderstanding my friend, I've always got her back. Very, very protective. Now, I'm very possessive. I'm very protective. But there's one thing that I will admit to you that I'm very bad at protecting and possessing. And that is joy. 
See, for the longest time as a preacher, I've always disqualified myself from speaking on joy. I've never spoken a message on joy. You guys are the first to hear this. Because I always thought, you know, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. But I, I, I find that I'm a little bit more melancholic. I'm a thinker. So if I'm happy, then I laugh. If I'm not, then I don't. Right? It makes sense. But, and so I always thought I should just let the people that are, oh, you know, those people that are always bouncing off the walls. I figured I should just let those people preach on joy. But as notice that the title of my message, I purposely said, possess and protect joy. I didn't say possess and protect my joy. I said, possess and protect joy purposely. Because as I've been growing in relationship with the Lord, as I've been learning to access his joy more and more, I've realized that that joy that I'm trying to get is not mine. It's something I need to possess as my own, but it's actually not mine. It's the joy of the Lord that is our strength. So if it's the Lord's, if joy is something that I must get and it's not mine, then I better possess it, I better protect it, or else what I've learned is it can be easily stolen from me. Before I get started, let's, let's bow our heads in prayer, because you know what? It's also my first time preaching from the OT, <laughs> Old Testament, and I I'm trying to learn how to share this story with you, but I've never shared, uh, besides teaching little kids, I've never shared stories this long. It's like three chapters long. So it's not just reading a simple New Testament verse, you know? And, And so let's pray. All right, let's pray together. God, I just pray, Lord, that the, that our joy, God, your joy, you would give us revelation as to what that is. God, despite all circumstance, despite all temperament, despite environment, God, teach us to be a people that knows how to access, possess, protect, and stand firm in your unshakable joy today. Lord, give me a special grace to be able to teach this story about Samson, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would really um, you just give us the spirit, Lord, to see this with fresh eyes. What? you want to speak to us here today in jesus name i pray amen so yeah this is i wasn't planning on letting you guys know that i was a little insecure about teaching the story but now that it's out there it's three chapters long i was like how do i tell them this story and uh so i'm just gonna go for it okay if you guys get confused let me know just give me the confused look and i'll know that i need to slow down but i'm just gonna tell it from my perspective And then we'll go into the Bible every once in a while because it's so long, you know. Uh, So Samson, how many of you guys know who Samson is? Some of you, if you don't, it's all good. I didn't grow up in the church either. And so I read the story not that long ago. This story is drama. It's Korean drama, no? (laughs) Seriously, when I was reading, I was like, dang, this beats Korean drama. Um, Samson, so Samson uh, grew up in a time where... Uh, Israel was not right before the Lord. And so they gave the land to these people, bad people, okay, called the Philistines. Now, there was this couple that was barren. And then it says that an angel of the Lord came down 
Anytime an angel, the Lord, comes down and meets some barren people, you know it's real business. Okay, that's how Jesus came. Uh, so this angel of the Lord comes down and tells this couple, hey, I'm going to give you a child, but he's going to be, let's look at the Bible. Uh, if you go to Judges 13, 4 to 5. The angel Lord says, therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. So Samson, the moment he's born, he has a big mission upon his life. Now. Because he has a big mission upon his life, God blesses him. Spirit of the Lord is upon him. If you don't know Samson, he's real strong. Okay, he's real strong. If, let's, let's turn to verse uh, 14, 5 to 6. It says that he was so strong that when Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah, behold, a young lion came towards him roaring. Then the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he was empty-handed, he tore the lion to pieces as if it was a baby goat. Samson, he's strong. Now, everyone wanted to know, what is the source of this man's strength? Now, this is where the Korean drama begins. Okay, because Samson, his biggest weakness was Women. Can everyone say women? Now, he fell in love with this Philistine girl. Are you guys following me so far? Okay, good, good. He fell in love with this Philistine girl against his parents' approval. Number one sign of a Korean drama. He goes ahead and marries this girl. Long story short, this girl ends up being someone who betrays him. He gets pissed. He goes back to his father, but man, he's a sucker for love. So he comes back. It says that he was, bur- he was hot with anger, okay, and he left. But then he comes back and get this. Samson's wife in 1420, Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. Oh, snap. Right? And so this guy, he's brokenhearted. You know, when you're brokenhearted, you do all sorts of crazy things. I won't get into what he does, but if you guys want to keep reading on your own time, definitely read into it. He does like things like, like catches 300 fox or something, ties their tail together. Just read it, okay? <laughs> he's strong. He can do all these weird things. Um, but what happens is uh, he ends up after a period of time, after he's kind of recovering, he's, a, he's been a judge over the land for 20 years. And he meets another woman. Okay, there was actually a prostitute in between there too. I'm telling you, drama, man, drama. But he, I think the prostitute might have helped him to reopen, reawaken his, I don't know. That's, that's my interpretation. But uh, he meets this other woman. He falls in love with her, and her name is Deb- Delilah. Delilah. Everyone say Delilah. Uh, turn with me to Judges 16, 4 to 5. It says, After this, he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, where, whose name was Delilah. 
And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Seduce him and see where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him that we may bind him to be humble. And we will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and how you might be bound that one could subdue you. So Delilah, she basically does this three times. She's like, come on, honey. If you love me, you would tell me. This is this. And he, she's pushing for it. But Samson, he's not all dumb, right? He learned from the first woman. And so he denies her three times. And he's like, he's like creating some fizz. You know, like if you bind me here, maybe you'll, I'll lose my strength. But then like every time they tested it on him, he'd just break it. And so finally, this will be the final passage that we look at. Judges 16, 15. She said to him, how can you say manipulative? Okay, very drama, Korean drama. How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You have mocked me these three times and you have told me where your great, and, and you have not told me where your great strength lies. And when she pressed him hard with her words day after day, chansori, and urged him, his soul was vexed to death. And he told her all his heart, finally caved in and said to her, a razor has never come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If my head is shaved, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. What does Delilah do? When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines saying, come up again, for he has told me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hands, shady. Uh, She made him sleep on her knees, even more shady. And she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head, mad shady. Then she began to torment him, and he lost his strength. Man, why am I sharing such a sad story? See, Samson was untouchable by the enemy. Uh, Time and time again, they tried to bind him, but they, they couldn't touch him. But the key was that he had to protect his what? His hair. See, here's where I draw the the tie. We have Delilah's in our life. It may not be disguised as some sexy woman coming to want to marry you. Can I say that here, Rona? Okay, cool. But it's anything that comes to try to take your strength. Anything that comes that tries to take your strength. And where is our strength? See, unlike... Samson, it's not our hair, but it's our joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, joy, it's like a key. Okay, you have to possess it, but you also have to always know where it is. You have to take care of it or else if you lose it, the enemy can easily take it, go into your house and steal your stuff. The thing is, is that Um, we have to know the value of it. If we don't know the value of it, we're not going to want to possess it or protect it, right? It's a very valuable thing because when we have the joy, the enemy cannot touch us. 
It's like your phone. You know where that sucker is all the time, don't you? It's very valuable. If you lose it, oh, man, it's really hard to keep your joy. Um, what else? Your wallet. It's got your money. Money's very important. In case of emergency, you'll always be okay, you think, if you have some money. See, joy, it kind of works in the currency of money. In an emergency, when something suddenly happens, just like it's Things get better if, okay, at least I got some cash on me. If you have your joy, things are also better. Now, depressed people, people that struggle with depression, they have trouble opening up the door to the exact thing that is going to free them. And they lose this key all the time. See, if you actually observe someone who is depressed, you think that they're persistently unhappy all the time, don't you? But actually, if you really observe how they are, they are very up and down, up and down, up and down. And it's because rather than finding their foundation in the joy of the Lord, their foundation is in a created joy, a joy in which they're controlling, a joy in which is dependent upon circumstance. And so if I'm feeling this way, then I can be happy. If this situation is like this, then I can be happy. If my parents continue to overwhelm me like this, I can't be happy. It's all dependent on your circumstance. See, joy is a constant variable. How do we, do we have some you know, psych majors, chemistry. You you guys know variables, right? Like constant variable, dependent variable, manipulative variable. No? Yeah, yeah. Okay, if we got some nods, I'll go ahead with it. Joy is like a constant variable. Okay, we have to keep it constant. But... If you allow the environment to change the constant variable, then it becomes a dependent variable. And if it becomes dependent variable, then it's dependent upon the environment. See, and if we, as long as our joy is dependent on circumstance, then the enemy can always use our circumstance to steal our joy. You guys follow me? Now, I want to do a little disclaimer. I'm not saying emotion is bad. There's a very big difference between emotion and joy. We'll talk about that a little later. But it's okay to be happy and sad. God gave us these emotions. It's a gift. It's part of who we are. But if you've noticed that your sadness consistently spirals you down into a place of depression, then I would challenge you to ask yourself, do you think that you have been possessing protecting your joy or do you feel like the enemy may have possibly stolen it that's the question today and so how do we possess this joy how do we possess this joy number or how number one in how we possess our joy one we have to know that it's not a emotion it's not just an emotion. See, Galatians 5.22, it says that, that joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's actually something that God gives you. It's something you possess through the Holy Spirit that is in you. It's within you. Okay? It, Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Joy is something holy. Did you know that? You know, often I feel like the church condemns joy. You know, because we're in church, so we got to be all serious. You know, when I first was saved, in the beginning, I don't know if you guys bear witness to this, but when I was first saved, man, the love of God would overwhelm me. Every time I entered into his presence, I would just cry and cry and cry. But after a few years, I noticed that my manifestation became joy. I began to manifest a different fruit of the Holy Spirit. And when I came into the presence of the Holy Spirit, I began to shake with unwavering joy. I was like, God, you're so good. (laughs) And I remember my church thought I was so crazy. Why? Because it's, it's society's influence in the church. You know, in society, we have to have a reason to be happy. Don't you think? How many of y'all have ever walked down the subway and you're listening to something funny, you know, like a podcast or something. And something's so funny, but you don't want anyone to see that you're laughing. So you're like. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Or you just think of a conversation that was mad funny, but like no one's there with you. And you're just like. (laughs) You You know what I mean? You're trying to like disguise it. Because why? If you're laughing without reason out in the world. You're crazy. But the thing is, is we actually have freedom to have joy. We have freedom to have joy. If you guys look with me in Galatians 4, turn with me to Galatians 4. Verses 22. For it is written that Abraham has two sons one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave woman was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now, this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. Now, how many of you have read this and been like, what is it talking about? Honestly, whenever I, before I went to seminary, I was like, what is it talking about? Two covenants, Abraham, Sarah. It's okay. I'm going to explain it a little bit, a little bit. Uh, but if you guys remember the story of Abraham, right, he was promised a son, but him and Sarah, they were getting so old and they were like, are you serious? So what? He took matters into his own hands. He tried to control and bring his own family joy. And so he goes to his slave, Hagar, and he has who? Ishmael. Later. Later, God fulfills his promise. That's why we're called children of promise. And he comes and he and Sarah gets pregnant. And then who does she have? Isaac. Now, I'm going to teach you guys something here. Isaac in Hebrew is Isaac. And Isaac in Hebrew means what? He laughs. He laughs. See, we are in a covenant Good job, good job. We are in a covenant of laughter. We are in a covenant of joy. We have free access. We're no longer slaves. We are free to experience the joy of the Lord. Not only that, but it's our strength. So we have to possess it. Now, one thing about possessing joy that I really love, okay? If you haven't heard my story, you're going to hear a little bit of it today. 
But one thing I really love about possessing joy is that it allows you to take back everything that the enemy has stolen. Okay. Uh, my story is this. I grew up in a non-Christian family. I was crossing the street one day. I got hit as a pedestrian by a taxi cab. It hit me on the side. I flew up on, it hit me on my hip, flew up, head smashed into the windshield, flew off, landed about 20 feet away from the cab. Now, it was at that point on this, on the ground that I experienced a supernatural encounter with the Lord where he spoke to me and I felt a warm presence here and I heard him speak to me. And he said, Emily, three times, it's okay now. It's okay now. It's okay now. Now, I'm not Christian. I don't got no Christian friends. I was like, who that? <laughs> no, I was, I, I, was, I was pretty messed up. But uh, I did hear the voice. And what happened was through a series of supernatural encounters that you can talk to me later about, I realized that that voice was, in fact, Jesus Christ. Now, after that accident, it wasn't immediate, right? I was like, what was that? Am I hallucinating? And uh, what happened was I actually was uh, experienced intense brain injury where I wasn't able to walk well. I wasn't able to talk well. I was bedridden for a while. And I entered into a place of severe, severe depression, and I sat in my room all day. I never opened my door. I also had a little bit of amnesia. So I didn't remember a lot of my friends. So I felt very alone. And I remember day after day just crying and crying. And someone had left a Bible. I was, I was, you know what's funny is my friend that wasn't even safe. She's like, hey, I've, I heard these, this works. <laughs> For real, true story. And so I'm sitting there. One day I opened my, my room door to, to go to the bathroom, and I see it, and I was like, all right, let's give it a try. Pick it up, sit on my bed, open it. Thank God Psalms is in the middle of the book. It's the only thing people can understand. I open up Psalms, and I'm like, wow. I think it was actually Psalms 30. Let's turn there. Mine as well. And you know, what I love about Psalms is it talks about, oh, Lord, I'm struggling. I'm, man, all the, these enemies are against me. And I, I, I'm like, wow, like someone in the Bible understands my feelings. You know, like this sucks. But then there's always a turn. It's like, but you, Lord, you are my strength. You have turned for me, my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. It says that weeping lasts for a night, but joy will come in the morning. And immediately there, sitting on my bed, I gave my life to Christ. No one was involved. So when people ask me, how'd you meet Jesus? I was like, oh, he introduced himself to me. <laughs> Now, um, this is the most incredible part of the testimony that I rarely actually share. And uh, what happened was I was hit. I was hit by a taxi cab. And so if you think about it, that's a great um, case. I'm set for life. Everyone was like, you're set for life. Just go through with the lawsuit. It's going to take care of your collar. It's going to take you, care of you for the rest of your life. It's going to take care of all your injuries. Uh, all your medical bills. And I'm like, all right, all right. So we start looking into this. And this is about the time that I'm saved. And something in me, it just doesn't sit right. 
and I, I'm, I'm talking to people and they're like, you got to go through with it. You got, you'd be crazy if you don't go through with this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even my parents, my parents was like, and like, you know, we're not in it for the money, but you know, you're sick. These hospital bills, like if you go to neuro, it's expensive. Let me tell you. And they were like, if something happens along the way, like how are we going to pay for it? And I was like, oh, it's so true. But something in me, Holy Spirit, something in me does not want me to go through with this lawsuit. And that's when I met my spiritual mentor, Pastor Christian. Uh, if you guys don't know Pastor Christian, he's the lead pastor of New Philadelphia Church. And uh, I remember I told him what was going on in my heart. He was the only person in this entire world that sent me an email. And he goes, and I, don't, I hate to tell you this, but I'm all for lawsuits, but I have a feeling for some reason that you shouldn't go through with this. And he said, let God repay you for everything that the enemy has stolen. He said, let God do the work. Don't try to gain this back by yourself. Take a leap of faith. And I was like, oh man, everyone's going to think I'm crazy. But long story short, uh, faith was one of the first gifts that was given me. So I said, he said it, I'll do it. And so immediately I dropped the case against my parents' will, against everyone's will. And man, let me tell you, I think about it now. You know, court cases, you don't even know how long it takes to actually finish. I could still be in it now, (laughs) being real. It could have cost me so much money, so much stress, so much anxiety. But let me tell you how free I've been from anxiety, how free I've been from depression, how free I've been through submitting by faith to allowing God take vengeance and repay me for everything that the enemy has stolen. See, joy, when we submit to God's joy in every circumstance, forgiving the person that put you in this, God will heal you. Look at me. Do I look like I've been in an accident? No. I love that. See, a lot of times we always give so much credit to the enemy saying he is a thief. But let me tell you, joy is the greatest thief. Why? Because it takes back everything that the enemy has stolen. Possess joy. Two, protect joy. See, enemy... He's one of the most depressed people you will ever meet on this planet Earth. Okay? He, oh man, he is just bummed. And um, the thing is, what he always tries to do is he tries to make you think that his depression is yours. He tries to make his depression yours. And how he makes you think that is he uses the first person say all of a sudden a thought comes into my head i'm so depressed man i'm so lonely Ah, i feel so far away from god you're not far away from god he is the enemy's so far away from god how can you be far away from god see when we give our life to christ we are part of his body how far can you if you the hand how far can you be from the head like this far Okay, maybe you're the foot. That, that's how far you can get. You can't, no matter what, you're connected to the head. See, we really need to filter the enemy's first person tricks. Okay? Um, I don't know about you, but 
You know when uh, you have, I'm really scared of mosquitoes. There's one flying over me. Um, you know when you get in a fight with your friend and uh, you, rather than taking that high road, you decide, like make, being the bigger person, you decide, oh, you know what? I don't need them. Cut them off. Cut them out of your life. I'm going to give them the silent treatment. See how long they'll last. And then you're like terrible inside, right? You're like, oh, man. Oh, I feel so, oh, I can't focus on anything. And then that night, right, you go onto Facebook, and they post something, and they're like at this beach with all these people, and they're having so much fun. And you're like, oh, how dare you? You're supposed to be mourning. You're supposed to be having, be sad. You're supposed to be so obsessed with our problem right now. How dare you? See, sometimes the enemy, he's kind of like that. He's like, he wants us to be so unhappy because of his problems. But see, in order to protect our joy, we can't get so easily distracted by him. We can't get so easily distracted by him. We can't see he's going to try to fake you out. He's going to try to trick you. He's going to try to guilt you. He's going to try to play mind games on you. Now, I was playing basketball the other day. Yeah, I play basketball. Get it out of your system. Laugh, laugh, laugh. (laughs) Here in Korea, actually, there's no girls that will play basketball with me. So I've been forced to play basketball with dudes. I've never, I was on the girls basketball team actually in high school, but I always was very intimidated of playing with guys. So I never did. I made it through like four years of high school basketball without playing with a guy. Like the most I would do is like shoot and then they rebound, (laughs) shoot, you know. But when I came here, they're like, hey, you want a scrimmage? And I was like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) True story. But, um... (laughs) Well, there was one time where I played with uh, uh, two brothers. They will remain unnamed. Should they be renamed? I'll keep them unnamed. Uh, man, guys play dirty. <laughs> man, guys play dirty. It's not even about basketball anymore. It's all about the talk. It's all about the talk. And I, was, I thought, you know, I'm a girl. They'll be easy on me. I remember I was. he was checking the ball with me, and then I, I go back, and then... Um, he goes, when are you going to start playing? I was so bad. I was like, ah! And he goes, she like goes by me. Ah! That's terrible. And, and you know, I thought that was bad already. But then when I watched dude play dude, oh my gosh. Like literally there was one time where he was like dribbling the ball up. And one guy literally turns around and is like this. And he goes, play with my butt. No joke. And I was like, that is so dirty. And you know what? That's how the enemy plays. He plays dirty, man. But you know what? I sat down later and I talked to one of the guys that was all about talk. He's, uh, you guys might be able to figure out who he is now after I say this, but, uh, he was, he's a Christian counseling major. And, and I was, (laughs) I was talking to him and I, I said, and he, and he was, you know, taking off his shoes. And then he says, man, he was pretty good. And I was like, what? You were talking so much smack. And he goes, it's all a mind game. Christian counselor. He goes, it's all a mind game, man. You just got to say the right things to make them lose their focus. And then you go in for it. 
But then when the guy came back, he's like, man, you suck. I was like, two-faced, two-faced. But see, that's how the enemy deals with us. See, he plays dirty. He doesn't act. He's actually not that good. He's just trying to get you on his team. But trust me, you don't want to be on that team. No one knows how to play together on that team. Spirit of jealousy hates the spirit of pride. Spirit hates the spirit of fear. Doesn't work well with spirit of rebellion. Trust me. You guys have been in group projects, right? Group projects full of people that don't know how to work well together. There ain't no joy. Let me just tell you that. I spoke a message on that actually called life is a group project. Listen to it. If you want to hear how much I hate group projects. You know, uh, there's actually this guy that created some, I think he's actually Catholic. Sorry, I didn't do my full research, but his name is uh, um, Thomas Keating. Go ahead and look him up. I think he might be Catholic, but, you know, we, have, we can learn from everyone. Catholic, uh, they actually have a very strong, silent prayer life that we should really learn more from them in regards to it. But uh, he, he created something called centering prayer. It's, it's, a, it's a form of silent prayer. And he said this as he was giving a kind of, a, what is it called? Like a quick instruction on how to do centering prayer. One thing he said was, uh, when those thoughts, those distractions come in, don't try to fight them. Understand that you're human. And he said this. He said, when those come in, they're bound to come in. Don't give them all the attention. Start trying to fight them off. He, he said this. He deals with it with a spirit of joy. And he says, ha, there they go again. And then he just goes back into his place of silence. See, we have something to learn from that, don't you think? Because I think sometimes we're so focused on the enemy that as soon as a distraction comes, all of a sudden we're trying to worship God, but then we start warfaring against enemy, and bam, he's won. We got to set up a filter. We got to set up a filter. How many of you guys hate junk in your inbox? I don't like a lot of emails. I, my biggest pet peeve is when you see the whole world for no reason, <laughs> man. And you know, that's what we have to do to the enemy. When, when we hear something that we don't like, we'll be like, Hey, you better stop or else I'm going to put up a stronger spam filter. You know, so all your emails will go straight to my spam box. So I don't even have to see it. I'll go in there and delete it when I'm ready. If you pay attention to what the enemy is doing, you will never find joy. My last point. My last point. So we have to, what? Possess it. We got to protect it. A third thing to keep in mind. Put down everything. Put down everything. See, you can't possess or protect if your hands are full. Um, I really, uh, you know, I, I said that I'm not good at possessing and protecting my joy. I admit it to you, right? I really admire people that when something bad happens, they're like, oh, you know what? It already happened. All right, let, let's just move on. There's nothing we can do about it. I'm not like that. I'm like, no, no, I need to dwell on this for the whole day because it's ruined my entire day. That's how I am. And I love people that are just, eh, yeah, it sucks. But let's just not dwell on it. But it throws off our whole schedule. 
yeah, but there's nothing we can do. I love people like that. And that's, that's where, you know, I've, I've kind of learned how to do that with my cell phone now. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, where's my cell phone? I'm like, it's okay. It can only be in a few places. Just, you know, joy. <laughs> it's here. Okay. It's not here. You know, it's not, I've learned to do it with my cell phone, but there's certain things like emergency situations. I still have trouble accessing that joy. You know, recently, I think just last Thursday, so something about me is I'm notorious for dropping things in that little subway crack. Yeah, you guys didn't even know you could drop something down there, right? It's like this wide. I've dropped so many things down there. I've dropped a, a coach umbrella. Yeah, I have a coach umbrella. Uh, and it could have, like, it's literally the width of the crack, it could have just landed a slightly different angle and it wouldn't have fallen, but literally it was like, and I was like, no, and I retrieved it. But the other day I dropped something else down that crack. It was a big scarf. I was like, how the heck did that scarf fall down there? But you know, when you're, you're just like, you're busy. Korea's all about a busy, you know, busy schedule. I'm like sitting on there. I'm not paying attention to when the subway's coming. I'm, I'm on my laptop actually, like trying to do my work and, and I, all the stuff is on my lap. And all of a sudden it's like the door's like, and I'm like, crap. And I, I'm like holding all this stuff, like my jacket, my scarf, my laptop, my wallet, and my water bottle's like right here. I'm trying to like run through and I get in. I'm like, and I look down and I guess like part of my scarf had like gone down. So it's like slowly like dragging it fully down. And I was like, but my hands were full and I was like, and then you know when you make it in and then and then the door starts closing and you do something foolish and but everyone's staring at you now and you're like mad embarrassed so you play it off. I, I was not embarrassed. I was like, no I was like and the door was already closed and I was still like No I just I literally I was standing there looking at the door and I was just screaming and this I just she was like and I was like my favorite scarf okay it's like my favorite scarf I've had it with me even before my accident you know it's like BC days and I was like no no and I like call my friend and my and and my friend's trying to like like what's the word I only know in Chinese um console you you said it yeah console she was trying to console me I'm like shut up and I lost my joy. I was like, shut up. And I like start calling. I'm trying to call the only Korean person I know, right? Because this happened to me before. You just got to tell them the number. But I was like, it's going to get dirty. Can you please like do it quickly? <laughs> you just got to tell them the, the number of the door and then what direction your subway's going, what station. And so I'm calling my Korean friend and, and he doesn't answer. And then I was like, answer your freaking phone. And like my friend's like, and I call again, and then he calls me back, and I'm like, I won't say his name. Hey! I was like, hey, my scarf! My scarf fell! My scarf fell through the crack! Emily, boy! Oh, my scarf! My scarf fell through the crack! And he's like, huh? Oh, you're, you left your, your scarf in the subway? And I was like, no! It fell through the crack! The crack! And he's like, more crap no the crack and he was like and then my friend was like girl you're saying crack a little bit too loud in the subway i was like 
God's like, the crack. And he goes, ah, oh, okay, got it, got it. Mata, maja, maja, arasa, arasa. And he was like, he was like, so you left your scarf on the subway. I was like, no, I left it in the crack. And I was like, switch the phone, switch the phone, homie, switch the phone. And, and you know what? Within, like, they, I was all worried. They're like, we have to wait till after the 1 a.m. train to get. I was like, it's going to be so dirty by then. Literally, it, they got it in, like, 10 minutes. I got a call back in 10 minutes. They retrieved it. Nothing happened to it. Why did I allow the enemy to steal my joy? See, when our hands are full, you drop your joy. <laughs> when your hands are full, you can't protect your joy. <laughs> like that sermon <laughs> See, the devil, he's always trying to keep your hands full. He's always trying to keep your hands full. You're worshiping the Lord. Your hands are up worshiping him. And all of a sudden, you hear, hey, hey, what about that test? Oh, yeah. What, what, what day is that again? And you holding your phone. Hey, hey, did you call your mom? Isn't your dad sick? Oh, man. Oh, man, why am I, why am I here? I should be calling them. And he, one by one, he starts dropping things into your hands. And all of a sudden, you ain't worshiping the Lord anymore, but you're so preoccupied with all these things that is stealing your joy. Budgeting, money, assignments, relationship, your parents, your siblings. You know, God, he gives extravagant victory to those who put down everything. I want to close with this last story I want to share with you is uh, there's Gideon in the Bible, right? And, and we, if you don't know, I shouldn't say we all. I just learned it not too long ago either. But there's a story about Gideon, and, and he, he is to lead this army, right, to go defeat these bad people. And God's like, you got this, Gideon. And what he does is he goes, hey, anyone that is fe- has fear, tell them to leave. And so his army goes from like 32,000 to 10,000, 22,000 leave. So he's got 10,000. He's like, okay, I still got this. I still got this. And then the Lord goes, no, put them to another test. And he says, tell them to go take a drink in the water. Go by the brook and drink some water. And he says, this is a test. See, those who hold on to their weapons, those who hold on to their belongings and drink the water like a dog and, and, and watch because they're so scared and they got to control the situation, tell them to go. But the ones who just put down everything and, and drink the living water, scoop it up with their hands and drink those are the ones that I want to give extravagant victory towards. And so that's how Gideon limited his 300. And then they experienced a crazy, miraculous victory because they put down everything and depended upon the Lord. I'm going to invite up the praise team. You know, Oftentimes, we think, oh, man, I'm in a really stressful situation right now. How in the world 
Am I supposed to access my joy? And then if you, I want you guys to close your eyes right now and imagine, okay? Imagine with me. You are in a very intense situation. You are in a very intense situation and you look up at the father. What does a father look like? What is his image in your mind? You are in, a, in so much anxiety. You're struggling right now. And you look up to the Father. You're not paying any attention to the enemy. But you see God. You see God the Father. What do you see? What is the image of God that you see? See Psalms 2.4. Keep that image. Psalms 2.4. It says this, in the midst of attack, this is what God does. He who sits in the heavens laughs. He who sits in the heavens laughs. With that change in vision, how does that make you feel in regards to your situation? See, God, when you get attacked, he's laughing, not because he's mocking you, because he's mocking the enemy. Because the enemy has no foothold upon you, and so he laughs. See, we're supposed to be children that does what the Father does. If in the midst of attack, he who sits in heaven laughs, then what should we as children be doing? See, God, he says that we are to enter the kingdom as children. Did you know that on average in America, children laugh approximately 400 times a day, but adults, less than 20, average 12. Should we be repenting for our lack of joy? Should we feel like something's off when we aren't experiencing joy? What are you holding on to that's causing you to drop your joy? How easy are you allowing the enemy access to your unprotected joy?